This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. What is your next mission from God? We all have one. God has something in mind for us right where we are. Welcome to Your Next Mission from God with Julian Durko, where the saints show us how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Based on Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too, Julie shares unique stories from the lives of the saints to show how they searched for and discovered God's will for their lives. I have something to share with you an experience that I think you will benefit from my experience and perhaps orchestrate one for yourself. I was able to go on a retreat in November. It was a special retreat, one I had never been on like this before in my entire life. This retreat was an eight-day silent Ignatian retreat. I traveled across the country to Venice, Florida, to Our Lady of Perpetual Help Retreat and Spirituality Center. I was not really prepared. I didn't know what to expect. And it unfolded for me in an amazing way. So first off, as I was getting ready to to go to the airport, my phone died. It just died. It was it was a recall phone. It was, an iPhone that I had been using for several years and was working just fine, but apparently there had been a recall, it had problems, and when it died, it died. There was no fixing it, as I found out later, but it was right before I was leaving. This meant that I would travel without it, without a phone. That sounds so odd, because it wasn't that many years ago that we didn't have phones in our pockets. But in this day and age, it just cut me short, like, you mean... I really don't get to have my phone. At the retreat, I wasn't planning to call anyone. I wasn't planning to use the phone because it's a silent retreat. And that's the whole point is to remove yourself. But it seems like perhaps the Lord thought that that might be too big of a temptation for me. And he simply removed it from me. That surrender, okay, I'm flying across the country. I won't be able to contact anybody. When I finally arrived at the airport, there was a shuttle to come and get me, but they were going to text me, or I was gonna text them, and then they were gonna text me when they arrived, and that's how we'd meet up. And so I had to go to an information center and find a phone to use and call them. And I remember the dispatcher saying to me, well, we'll just text you as soon as we arrive. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I, I don't have a phone. So I had to describe myself and, and describe exactly what door I'd be at. And, and he described the person who would be picking me up, etc. And we made our connection and I was able to get to the retreat center. When I arrived to the retreat center and got all checked in, It was interesting for me. It was beautiful. It was peaceful. I had my, a room in a house that was mine to use. And 
Everybody there was on a silent retreat. There was daily mass and I attended daily mass. What was interesting about this retreat was that it wasn't your typical situation where you go and listen to a talk with a bunch of people and then go and do exercises by yourself or on your own or in groups or whatever. It was a one-on-one -on -one thing. I would meet with the same spiritual director every day for about an hour and then go and do the exercises that were given to me to do. And this was an unusual experience. Honestly, I've never experienced somebody so interested in getting to the root of, of my prayer life and, my, and my, the healings I need and, and what the Lord is doing in me until I had experienced this. For the most part, this retreat center is for people who are making an eight-day Ignatian retreat one-on-one -on -one with the spiritual director. And I remember thinking, well, wouldn't I want to pick this person? Wouldn't I want to interview them first or something like that? And no, this is their ministry. This is what they do. They have so much experience and have been involved with so many different levels of spirituality and personality types. They, the Lord is just using them and they're very prayerful. I came to find out that I believe that Father Lino, each, like he would have maybe four people that he was guiding and I was one of them that have different start and stop dates. And what I found was that he would pray for me, like on his own time, that was part of it. So if he had three people, let's say that he was guiding and he spent an hour with each person or more, he would spend the same kind of time praying for them. So the Lord was very much at work in this priest and very much at work in the retreatants as they went through these exercises that the priest would give them. So the first couple of days, he was really kind, trying to get to know me and he gave me scripture readings to go and read and reflect on and, and write on. And you would think, oh, that's not much. But if you're very quiet and you really are trying to enter into the scripture and sit with it and, and be receptive to what the Lord has to say, time just flies. Typically, he will give four scripture readings for a person to work on but I could really only handle three because I spent so much time with them. The Lord was very revealing to me in those situations and I would bring it back to him. And then as he got to know me, he would assign others. These readings were not set readings to be assigned for every re retreatant that comes for an eight day retreat. There wasn't a pattern to it. It was through him getting to know me through his prayer that he would decide then and sometimes right in our hour together, he would decide, I'm going to have you read this. This is going to be your, your scripture readings that you will pray with for the next 24 hours. What I found was that the Ignatian prayer, which is using one's imagination. So I'll describe it to you. It's when we're reading scripture. A good place to start mostly would be the Gospels because you read a story about Jesus and as you're reading it, 
if something strikes you, you stop there. Like if you feel a movement in your soul over a word or a scene, you can stop there. Try to enter into it as best you can, taking in what the, the scene would be like. Was the wind blowing? Was it warm? How's everyone dressed? What is the tone of the voice? What, are, what do the faces look like that are there? Who are you in the story? Are you yourself just there as an observer? If it's Jesus was with his disciples, are you one of the apostles? Are you the sick person that he's praying with to be healed? Who are you in the story? And when you start using your imagination in this kind of scripture reading, the Lord works in amazing ways. And I know that we're maybe a little bit afraid to do that. We think, oh, I'm going to take control of that story and it's just going to be weird. No, if you're in a prayerful state and you enter into it with Jesus, amazing things will happen. Let's say, let's say you're reading the story about the rich young man who Jesus meets. And it wasn't one of my readings, but it's just what has come to mind now. You're reading that. And if my memory recalls, Jesus looked at him and loved him. What if in that story, suddenly you find that you're the rich young man or young woman, as it may be, that you replace that character in the story and Jesus looks at you. That could be a real powerful experience. I know that Jesus in this reading, as, in, the, in this way of praying, as I went through the eight days, towards the end, he pulled up something to heal in me that was profound. He showed me things I didn't realize, but it's because I gave myself over to it and I did not withhold my imagination from the spiritual director. I was very honest with him. And there's a vulnerability there. And there's sometimes when there's a, a correction, they're helping you, or he was helping me, not to allow oneself to feel slighted in any way, because any corrections for your own good to get you seeing something you didn't see. Sometimes I would come back believing that this was a track, a, a way of, of knowing something, and then he would show me something else that I hadn't realized, and it'd be this aha moment. Now that I've shared with you about this retreat, I want to encourage everyone to take time in the year to go on a retreat. It can be a short retreat, it can be a long one, it could, it could be one that has a theme, a silent retreat with a theme, I've done that before, uh, where I went and would gather with everyone to hear the talk, but we kept silent and we'd go do our meditations and things in between the talks. I think that if you're prayerful and planning this, that the Lord will plan the retreat for you that's, that's the one that you should have. Like many people wouldn't be ready for an eight-day silent retreat. What I am suggesting is that in your lifetime, that you take time to be with the Lord in a retreat setting and that you make it a way of life, that you do this periodically, once or twice a year, a weekend, maybe a week. When you think about it, 
if our life, this is the most important time we spend. It determines our eternity. We are the church. Our mission is to make disciples. That's it. It's all about getting people to heaven. So how we spend our time is really important. And this training, this time to be in relationship with the Lord, it's, it's just vital because it's all about that relationship with Jesus. It's like taking time to go on a date with your, with your spouse or taking time to be with people you love. Everything's about a relationship with our Lord and we need to take time to nurture that relationship. I would like to encourage you to pray about this and not be over anxious. Just put into practice time for retreat. And we can begin with a daily prayer time if you're not practicing that, you know, a few minutes every day where you, you remove yourself from the world just to be with the Lord and start small and build up. And I do believe everyone at some point in their life should go on a silent retreat, an eight-day retreat. It's not something that I believe is just for priests or religious. It, the Lord has a work for each and every one of us. And taking the time to discern and make sure we're on track in this short life. It is a short life. I'm going to a funeral Friday. It's a short life. That's, that's time well spent. Without being over anxious, surrender to the Lord and see what he might have planned for you this year and in the years to come. It has been my privilege and pleasure to spend this time with you today. Pray with me. Jesus, Mary, Joseph. We love you. You've been listening to Your Next Mission from God with Julie Durko, produced at the studios of Mater Dei Radio in Portland, Oregon. To listen to this podcast, visit materdayradio.com. To find out more about Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too, or if you're in need of a Catholic speaker for a parish mission, retreat, conference, or event, visit catholicfinishstrong.org. That's catholicfinishstrong.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.